You're in a game and you don't know the rules. Let me tell you how they've gamified everything in life or they have plans to do so in the coming few years. They're gamifying everything you do for three-year-olds and beyond. They've tested all of this all over the world. None of this is conspiracy theory. You can learn about every single bit of this. All of it's been beta tested very publicly. So you've got one gamification of everything in your life so that your quote pathway has all kinds of rewards and punishments built in for the behaviors they want and don't want combined with two artificial intelligence. They're collecting information on you in dozens of different ways combined with three surveillance. The U.S. already has more cameras than China does per capita in our environment combined with four blockchain technology and 5G, the power and system behind monetizing our collective poverty and making industries out of buying and selling and betting on us. All this for the gain of several thousand of the richest people and organizations in the world for a bloodless coup of the entire world using organizations that have names and use a vocabulary that puts you in a trance and make you think that they're actually out to save the world and make you think they're humanitarians. So this is what's coming, unless of course we wake up fast and take some action in a powerful way, either to change this or if that's not possible, to form private membership groups so that we can at least work together to live in a different way together. Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Vibe Show and also the Utah Patriot Update. Today, I am doing an executive summary or a Cliff's Notes of the work of Allison McDowell of Pennsylvania. It's quite a few more dimensions that I think that you are ready for if you've been listening to my show for a while, if you've listened to my work. Um, a lot more data points about what's really going on here. We're going to talk about what I've learned about some pieces of the puzzle that I think you've wondered about and wanted more information about so that you understand better what the plans of the globalists are and what exactly they've been doing to prepare for this war against us, against the people of the world, that they intend to culminate in our permanent long-term slavery, where we are put on digital pathways. Remember that word, pathways. We're going to talk about that. This is part of the gamification, part of the computer programming, part of the digitization of your life. And all of this is in a system of total control over all the people of the world where we wear tracking devices. We might have it embedded uh, or implanted or internal in some way. Artificial intelligence that not only gives us information, okay, that's the part that we see, but actually is taking information from us in terms of our behaviors, our daily routine, our thoughts, what our eyes look like. Everything we do ends up getting gamified. We're basically inside the game mousetrap and we're allowed food and we're allowed housing and we're allowed the other things that we currently provide for ourselves that we earn and pay for ourselves. But only if we stay on the pathway in which we are highly tracked and controlled. Remember Klaus Schwab, who has stepped out from behind the World Economic Forum he was really not public at all. We didn't know who he was at the beginning of this a year ago, did we? But he has stepped out and started doing videos 
And he's probably a hero inside the community of the globalists running this thing because he's willing to stand out in front, be the lightning lightning rod. And, and you've heard him say, I hope, that by 2030, we will own nothing. We won't even own a car. Uh, and he claims that we will be happy owning nothing. So today you're going to know more about who they are, who these globalists are. So anytime you hear me say they, okay, if you think that we're just talking about Bill Gates and the Clintons and the George Soros and the Klaus Schwab's, you're going to feel a little more clear on who they are towards figuring out what the hell is going on in the world. But don't get too excited about that. I'm not going to sit here and name names here. And you're going to be gasping as you hear someone you just can't imagine is in on this, is in on this. Because the short answer is there's probably about 3,000 people and corporate entities that are backing this regime. Uh, there were 3,000 people at Davos last year. Um, including 53 heads of state from all over the world. There are also 2,000 people or organizations in an organi- organization called Impact Management Program. I might call it IMP. So Impact Management Program. I'll talk about that again because in reviewing the work of Allison McDowell, I've listened to three different three-hour talks that she's given um, I sort of latched on to this impact management program and then went a little deeper with it, asked her for some some links. And what I found is that they don't exactly put their personal names out there, right? There's not a whole lot of them who want to out themselves like Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab have. Like, like Bill Gates is covering for a whole lot of other people. Um, I, I think that those two guys are probably considered heroes to the community of the global elite or the cabal or the... Illuminati or whatever it is that you call them, because they're brave enough to stand out there and be the spokesman. But you would have to do some digging to find out what individuals are associated with each of those 2,000 or 3,000 corporate entities. But just the fact that 3,000 people went to Davos uh, tells me that these are people who are invited into the inside of this thing, into the belly of the beast. These are people who are going to benefit from the complete restructuring of the economy. Uh, the great reset is what Klaus Schwab and really every leader um, in the first world, it's on their lips from Biden to Trudeau uh, to not all the leaders of Boris Johnson, not all the leaders of the UK come to mind immediately. Um, some people uh, feel that Mitterrand of France is going to be the first leader of the new world order. Um, I've read a little bit of research on that, but I've always felt that it's not so much the government that's our enemy here. People think this is the government's doing this or the government, but you should get really clear on the corporations being your true enemy here. These big, huge multinational corporations, Um, because at least the government is bound by lots of rules, but these giant corporations are actually trying to take over the governments of the world. They, they have been very successfully taking over the governments of the, of the world. Cause I believe that these people may actually have themselves convinced most of the people involved in this, especially when you get outside the top, like 100 level, um, they may actually have themselves convinced that they're doing a good thing or at least a necessary thing. Right. Like what they are doing is absolutely genesist Um, and not just the fact that they want a lot fewer people in the world, especially what um, Kissinger called useless eaters. Um, 
but just a lot less people in general. So, but before the world um, goes off of a cliff, I don't know if we were already sitting on the edge of countless economic bubbles bursting. Probably we were, right? I'm quite sure we were. And that's what they're going to be telling us. A lot of the propaganda is going to be around, around that they want us to believe that they're actually saving us from an even worse future than they're working really hard to deliver on right now. So that's going to be some of the ways that they're going to position it. I mean, one of my big goals here is to get all of us clear on, as I've been trying to get clear on, uh, the words that they use and the ways that they position things, because I don't believe that their motives are pure at all. I don't believe for one minute that they give two shits about you. So while I hate to make anybody paranoid, we really can't afford to assume here that these people who are about to have just unprecedented power in the world, we really can't assume that they have your best interests at heart or your children's best interests at heart um, to provide education and to give you your rights back or give you your freedom back, even though they may tell you that, right? Um, or your entire extended family or your town or your state or your religious group or your race. I don't think that they have any of those groups or you personally in mind at all. I mean, think about how much you've been anguishing and losing sleep over the people of Somalia the last week. Have you been spending a lot of brain space worrying about them? No, you haven't. Well, that's approximately how much time Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab have um, spent being concerned about you and your future. Okay. So they don't know you. They're working on very high level plans. They're stressed out all day, every day, just like you are. They wake up every morning with tons and tons of work to do. And for the same reasons, weirdly, only they're the ones who are going to get all the upside of this situation we're in. They are plotting to control every government and every industry and every market and every population of the earth. Whereas you and I are just a couple of the 7 billion people in that earth population. And in fact, what's happening right now is really just good old fashioned colonialism. And it's not at all without precedent in the history of the United States. Remember, that's how the Native Americans entered into a contract with the U.S. government, wherein they extended enough trust that they agreed under duress to relocate and completely change their lifestyle. And the government lulled them into complacency and made promises to them. Well, guess what? Surprise, surprise the U.S. government did not actually hold up its end of the bargain. And the Native Americans were promised annuities, for instance. Not only did we have a domestic slave trade in America right out in the open 200 plus years ago that you know about, and a lot of you know that there are are underground human trafficking channels alive and well right now, just not out in the open like it was back then. But we also have run all over the world with our colonialism. We're infamous for it in the United States, but one of the most painful and obvious pieces of our history is what we did to the Native Americans. And by the way, Canada did the same darn thing too. Um, For instance, the Ojibwa tribe in Canada made promises. They agreed to make massive changes to their lifestyle. They were, you know, hunter gatherers and they were forced into row houses and onto reservations and the whole bit. So I hate to tell you this, but you're being set up right now to be the next 
Native American type coup. What is set up, um, I believe the evidence leads us to the conclusion that it is racialized. It targets brown and black people and poor people and vulnerable people first and foremost. Okay, especially, I mean, as just one part of this whole thing, you can take a look at the vaccine, um, the whole vaccine agenda here. Um, that's who they're getting the uh, the vaccine for first, even though those people weren't even in the clinical trials for Pfizer and Moderna. Sit with that for a minute. Think about that for a second. Okay, but but don't think, oh, well, I'm not in any, any of those groups. You know, most of the people who listen to my show, you know, happen to know this because of all the artificial intelligence that I've been given from people who follow me on Facebook. Most of y'all are upper middle class white people. I wish we had a more diverse crowd, but that's most of who follows me is, is upper middle class white people, especially quite educated women in their 40s, 50s and 60s. Okay, but what they have in mind involves your slavery and complete control of you and your family as well. So if you're saying to yourself, oh, good, I'm not in any of those categories. Let's let's learn about it together because um, they intend all of us to be in this in this uh, agenda. So first of all, I want to just get really clear on the fact that I don't believe there's any evidence that they give a crap about you, right? But they do need to keep you from organizing. They need to keep you from being so upset that you are homeless um, or hungry enough to rise up and overthrow them at any given point. Okay, they do need to keep us quiet and compliant and addicted, and complacent until they get us so completely enslaved that we can't possibly stand up to it in any given way. And at that point, they'll still probably keep propagandizing what we see and what we read. They'll probably still, even when we're in complete bondage, they'll need you to be preoccupied and entertained and confused and busy and overwhelmed, which, you know, those are the enemies right now of getting people to actually stand up to what has been happening to us the last year. So for now, They're making sure that we are fed and housed, but you've got 20% of America who's behind on their rent. 20% of renters are behind on their rent. And you've got 10 million Americans who have missed multiple mortgage payments. Um, Because if you weren't entertained, occupied, addicted to whatever, kept with a roof over your head, you might get desperate. You might start organizing with other desperate, hungry, homeless people. And then, then things get really sketchy for the globalists who are planning this because they actually need time to roll out all the pieces of the great reset. So if some of the things I tell you are really discouraging, well, you're, you're red pilling and I'll probably say that word several times. I know it's kind of an overused, um, it's an overused metaphor at this point, but you know, I do think we have time here, not time to kick back and not worry about it yet, but time as in all this that I'm going to tell you isn't going to happen in the next six months. They're, they're not really ready. They're not really ready with their system. But that's why you got all these stimulus checks and welfare checks and the seemingly endless bailouts and, you know, the government saving everyone and everything, right? Even though, even though government went, went right along with the agenda to destroy the economies of the world in the first place, okay, these billionaires and the governments that they bought off created the problem. And they want to step in with what they're going to sell to us in our desperation as the solution. And all of that is just to keep you quiet and docile and complacent rather than 
What they really don't want is they don't want you to be hungry and motivated and panicked. But the trillions of dollars they're dumping into the economy, it has a second agenda. And that second agenda is to tank the dollar. Think about it. What would happen? Well, basic, basic economics here. Prices would double naturally as a, as a correction to that. But, but let me give you the abstract and then I'll go into more detail on what they have in mind is first of all, they want to make you, but far more your children and your grandchildren are far more valuable to them. They want you to be a commodity to be controlled and programmed and bought and sold and even bet on, on the open market. But unlike the stock market, only a handful of the global elite can participate in this market. It's not like the current stock market where with the money you earn, you can buy stock in it. Secondly, they want to digitally identify you with fingerprints, facial scans, and even your DNA. My personal belief is that that's what this obsession with the PCR test is. In Utah, our former governor, Herbert, was literally bribing people and paying them 30 bucks to, from, from the Rockefeller Foundation to go out and get the PCR test. And I think it's because he was under pressure to uh, get more of the ball rolling in terms of collecting DNA. I think that's what the PCR test is doing. Is uh, It may be doing more sinister things than that. There may be stuff on, that sw- on those swabs. There's a lot of people who wonder about that. Um, but... At a minimum, I believe they're gathering your DNA because all this will be part of the artificial intelligence and the digital uh, identification process to be able to identify you with dozens or more personal characteristics from everything from how hard you press the keys on your computer to what time you log on to the DNA they may have gotten from your PCR test to the fingerprints I just gave to get my concealed carry permit for my gun. If I had known then what I know now, I wouldn't have given them my fingerprints. And number three, part of their agenda is putting you on a pathway. Okay, so that pathway is the game. They're digitally gamifying everything about your life to leverage behavioral psychology to keep you doing what they want. They want you like a flock of birds in perfect synchronicity. Okay, like you've seen Chinese soldiers, right? They don't look like individuals. They literally look like a seamless, endless, they're all one, right? Or the Third Reich, if you go back to the time of Hitler, it was a very important Hitler. Individualism is not valued, that everybody just blended in and everybody's part of the Third Reich. And these guys were goose-stepping and they all looked identical, okay? So you could see that they weren't individuals. Um, They're in perfect order. That's what they're looking for is flock behavior. We'll talk about this in a minute too. And then number four, they're creating massive new markets to profit from as we will all be as highly invested in our, in our digital twins, our digital selves online as we are in our physical selves right now. Just like how gamers, you know, if you know somebody who's really, really into video gaming, they, you really should start paying attention to them because they beta tested all of this. And it was the military and DARPA um, that was behind so much of this. They were they were behind Pokemon Go. Okay? They care more than anything else in life, these gamers, about the points they earn. They care about avoiding being destroyed in the game. Like they are emotionally crushed if they get destroyed in the game. Think about how much they 
they care about it and earning higher and higher levels for digital rewards. Okay. So that's, that's part of what's going on here. Uh, next they are you, I don't know what number I'm on here. Number five, I think they're using artificial intelligence toward those ends. They're using blockchain technology and 5G to speed it up so that they can have literally millions of transactions per second going on. They're not there yet. They're not there yet, but they need that to be able to monetize everything for their gain and for their control of your life. So today I want to discuss, now that you'll be wide awake and conscious at the end of this and know what's going on and the anxiety you feel right now, just remember that as you sort of absorb this, um, red pilling isn't fun, right? I call it holding your ponytail while you throw up while, you, while you're red pilling. You don't stay in this space of shock and awe and denial. I mean, it's almost like going through the 12 steps, right? Of, you know, denial and acceptance and all of that. But remember that you will move through this. Like, in, in my opinion, it's better to know than to live in, you know, the whole ignorance is bliss thing. But then where we want to get to, my friends, even if right now you're just trying to wrap your brain around all this, and that's totally normal. If you're hearing the things I have to say and you're like, oh my gosh, I hope she's wrong. I hope she's just some conspiracy theorist. Well, me too, but I'm not. Um, I hope that we get to a point and sooner than later that we ask ourselves what our obligation is. What is our obligation to other humans on this planet? What is our ethical responsibility now that we have this information? So, yeah, so I just wanted to jump to your question that you're going to have as as your anxiety may go up as you learn more about what this whole program is. I mean, there's some dang good reasons why they have propagandized all the words they use to discuss this. It's because they want to keep our alarm level low. Like if you're hearing this from them, you would be like, wow, sounds like utopia. Sign me up. Sounds a lot better than the system we're in right now, right? That is by design. But first, they have to create an awful lot of anxiety and misery and just dispossess us in so many different ways before they pull out their uh, their great reset. But I do, I do think that, you know, I've asked a bunch of people involved in this, including Allison McDowell. You know, every time I talk to somebody who I think is extremely conscious and has done their research, like how much time do you think we have? And I've gotten anywhere from two years to 15 years, but I I don't think that they're ready to pull the trigger on all this. I think this is going to be gradual and we have the opportunity to stand up to it anytime we're ready. And I'm listening to any and all suggestions about how we either stand up to it and we take it on by storming the castle or by throwing a wrench in the spokes. Um, that is Allison McDowell's actual blog name, wrenchinthespokes.com. I highly recommend you follow her. She has done more research on this stuff than anybody I've talked to so far, which is why I really spent, I probably spent more time preparing for this episode or this episode series, whatever it ends up becoming here than anything I've done in years of, of, podcasting now because I think it's that important. So I've, I've predicted a lot of things like last March, I predicted that the airlines would be nationalized. Like you can go look at Facebook where I said that last March, I thought it would happen by the end of summer. And it took, took a bit longer than that. It happened a couple months later and Trump, Trump basically was like, Hey, we're, we're dumping federal money into the airlines. Then 
we should have something for that. And so the federal government pretty much owns the uh, airline industry now, which explains a lot of what I've told you before, which is that they don't really look like they're operating in a free market system anymore. They look a lot to me like communism, like people who aren't really worried about competing for customers. Um, power outages. I was predicting that last March. Well, now we have it. I believe that almost everything you see and everything we talk about today um, is a beta test. They did it on purpose. The toilet paper shortages were on purpose and they're testing it, a beta test and then a second beta test because they're setting up their systems so that they can manage all 7 billion of us better as they roll this out on a, on a, on a greater scale. So I thought the power outages would happen sooner. And, um, you know, but, you know, Allison McDowell thinks we have 10 to 15 years for all of this to roll out. And mostly because most of the arguments that I hear for how long it's going to take is because of the fact that the blockchain and 5G, these systems have to be built to be far more efficient and faster than, than they are now. A lot of software has to come up to speed that is being developed right now. I know Catherine Austin Fitz said in her Planet Lockdown video that I bet a lot of you watched. Definitely go find that Catherine Austin Fitz's Planet Lockdown video. Go in Swiss cows to search for things, right? Because Google doesn't want you to find any of this stuff. Like if I talk about the Great Barrington Declaration, right? Like what, tens of thousands of medical professionals have signed it saying we don't agree with the lockdowns we want hydroxychloroquine we don't we don't agree with all this stuff you know try googling that if you don't believe that google is part of this whole thing just try googling planet lockdown just try googling um what was that what was that movie that everybody was watching the the pandemic movie just try googling that and you'll find nothing right try googling um any of the things that we're talking about, they don't, they're not super excited about you finding any of this stuff. Try Googling, um, bad reactions to specific drugs. Try, try learning more about what Botox does to women. You can't even find this stuff on Google. They are completely controlled by the same people who control pharma. So we lately I've been going on Swiss cows to, um, to Google things so that I'm not being served up what Google wants me to have. So Catherine Austin Fitz says that the reason that they're stretching out the dollar, whereas the dollar should be in total hyperinflation at this point, that they just really aren't ready with their systems. So I don't know that I agree about it taking 10 to 12 years, 10 to 15 years, like some of my colleagues think. Um, but, you know, you, you might see it that way if you're trying to figure out why you see Cuomo and Newsom easing up. You know, a lot of people are like, well, that's because the presidential campaign is over. And a lot of people, they just don't, they don't see big enough on this. They think that they destroyed the economy to get Biden elected. It's so much bigger than that. You know, when I, when I even talk about Biden, what I mean is I like in my private life, I, I refer to him as Bernie and I don't mean Bernie Sanders. I mean, Bernie and weekend at Bernie's, you know, the, the dead guy that they prop up on the front of the boat, um, posing him as a real live person. When I, when I refer to Biden, I'm referring to the people who run Biden. I don't think Biden's making the slightest decision. I don't think Biden's making the slightest decision at this point. He's completely controlled. 
if he tried to do anything that was outside what he's being told to do, I'm sure he would, they would get rid of him in a, in a New York minute. But we may be sitting on a bit of a lily pad right now while they catch systems up, but we have seen a lot of the most socialist slash deep state governors easing up some. I mean, it was, it was almost like surreal to watch Andrew Cuomo saying, we got to open these restaurants, you know, or this, this economy is just going to tank. And I was like, you're kidding me, right? Like you've got to be kidding me right now. So do you think that they're doing this because these elected officials really want to give us our lives back? I think because if so, false, false assumption, totalitarian systems, a very, very important feature of it always give people indulgences. Okay. So by giving people indulgences, the ones in the middle, which is most people who are just super confused, maybe they're questioning, they kind of buy in on it. They're wearing their mask, but they're in the middle. Like you give them indulgences, like, well, let's reopen the, let's reopen those restaurants. We wouldn't want to ruin our economy. They confuse people and they make people think, oh, they're going to, they're going to give us our, our lives back, which is yet another way to keep people quiet and compliant and in control. So my theory is that the holdup, why they don't go even faster than they, they are, because they're pretty, pretty darn close to us not being able to stand up to this in any meaningful way. If they're, if they're not, not already there is just the infrastructure. It takes time. It is one big project to create the infrastructure, which will be built on the blockchain which will need 5G to be fast enough. Um, and that just, that just takes time. So the longer you and I stay complacent and all of us keep going along with it, the faster it's going to happen. I think that the pressure that we have put on our government, if nothing else, it has slowed them way down. We have slowed um, the, the rapid acceleration towards communism in Utah way down by organizing. So the more complacent we are, the more we fall into the thinking of, well, it's useless. There's nothing we can do about it, which people say to me every day. Somebody says that to me, the more likely they are to succeed at all of it. So the more we push back, the more we organize, the more we resist every single bit of it. Every single thing you do makes a difference. You going into stores without a mask on, stop being a sheep, stop doing it just because it's easier to go along to get along. The better chance we have of ending this gamification and commodification of our lives and our children's and our grandchildren's lives. So you might be thinking, okay, Robin, we've heard you say for a year now that we're executing the Marxist playbook where we dispossess everyone. The month before COVID, we saw stakeholder capitalism was the topic in Davos that 3,000 people flew into Switzerland for stakeholder capitalism. That's what Alison McDowell talks about. That's what the topic was. Um, you could only go to Davos by invite. So by inference, I might say that 3000 people are in on it. And in Marxism, the classic feature of Marxism is that they pit the proletariat or the working class, uh, the people who didn't go to college, the people who were raised by working class people, the people who are poor, the workers, they pit them against the bourgeoisie, which is the business owners, and they pit them against each other. It's a false distinction, especially against the small business owners. Um, but it's happened time and time again. 
in the history of the world. And communism is that vulture that swoops in and feeds on the carcass of a dead or a dying society. And if you weren't already in decay, if you weren't already in um, a society that was in decay, sure didn't feel like we were a year ago, right? Although, of course, we did have many unsustainable bubbles that would have eventually burst probably sooner than later, thanks to just good old-fashioned corporate greed and raping and pillaging the American people and the people of the world just just based on our obscene debt level, both as a, at a federal level and at an individual level. But didn't feel like we were in decay a year ago, but I don't think there's anybody who would argue with me right now that we are primed to be the perfect kind of culture for communism to swoop in and be the vulture that preys on people's desperation. And that's that's what happened in Germany in World War II. That's how Hitler got a toehold is that people were absolutely desperate. I mean, just take note of the uh, take note of the energy crisis going on um, that they flew under the flag of an Arctic storm in Texas. Just as an example, to just get you thinking about how they always beta test things, and they, and they choose from areas all over the world. I mean, if it was all eyes on Texas, right? If we figure out they're just beta testing everything in Texas, they would not get away with it, and we wouldn't be so confused, right? But in Texas, I think that was the beta test for what happens when they pull the rug out from under us on the Rockefeller-controlled energy grid. I mean, Allison McDowell even talks about one program in Estonia. I mean, talk about a tiny little country that none of us ever think about um, for one of the childhood surveillance programs that she talks about um, that are, that's been taking place in recent years as they, as they beta test things. I'm going to put in the show notes, I'm going to put the three, three hour talks that Allison McDowell gave that led to me doing this synopsis. She is absolutely brilliant. She just, she calls herself, you know, a mom from Philadelphia. But to me, she's um, a great American hero because most moms all over the country are not diving into the behaviors of globalists. And she goes way more deep than I plan to here. She goes way deeper into names of organizations. And she names a lot of names of who is associated with those organizations. I'll mention a hand, handful of them here in this synopsis, but I, I can't um, stress to you enough how important Allison McDowell's work is and how you should go into this those show notes and you should save the three talks that I watched and watch them in order. It's amazing how, even though it was three hours with each one of these um, interviews or talks that she gave the first one, she flew into Utah last week to give um, because so much is going on in Utah. I mean, Utah is going to be the number two hub for 5g, not something to be proud of, but, Utah is all in with Rockefeller and some of the biggest, most powerful organizations in Utah. And I'll let you fill in the blanks on who those are, are all in on this. And they are stakeholders in this stakeholder capitalism where only the biggest, richest, strongest will siphon off all of the wealth of the world. And the intention is that the middle class gets driven into poverty and is completely controlled. Right? Like how else can you explain that we'll own nothing? That means that they have to strip the middle class 
which is a lot of people, right? Probably a hundred million people in America into poverty. I woke up this morning to the New York Times telling me that Israel is opening up public life. People can go to theaters again and restaurants and concerts. Everything can open, but only for the 50% of the population who've been getting the vaccines. So keep that on your radar. When you see something crazy happening in a specific part of the world, as you're sharpening your critical thinking skills, ask yourself, hmm, is this a beta test? Because if it goes well for Israel, it'll start rolling out in other places. And if not, then they'll learn from that beta test and they'll figure out how they need to shore up their messaging, shift their messaging so they can sell it better in other places. Because here's my theory before we get further into the Allison McDowell content. All of this was set up to create the infrastructure, like contact tracers and isolation facilities. They tested that out in America and then they pretty much pulled it back. Like how much are you really hearing anymore about isolation facilities and contact tracing? Um, it went well. I think it went quite well in some other places they beta tested it. It didn't go well in the United States. Like they didn't even have 10% compliance with contact tracing. So they pulled it back and they're probably reassessing how to roll it out again later. Okay. But you see how, if we were standing up to this stuff, we would be winning. Okay. Monitoring and surveillance is increasing, whether you realize it or not. Like I said, the U S has more surveillance than China does actually. And I don't think most Americans realize that, but They're putting together the infrastructure. They're putting together the laws. Um, In Utah right now, House Bill or Senate Bill 195, uh, they're rolling it out and it basically codifies or creates as law the state of long-term emergency. It's just absolutely amazing. I've talked to a bunch of legislators um, about it and they're really defensive about it. They're really excited about it. They think it solves the problem and not one single bit of this 50 seven page bill gives the freedom back to the people. Not at all. And we've been teased with this for 10 months. We're like, Oh, we're going to have a bill and it's going to rain in the health departments that have been ruining everyone's lives. And it's going to rain in the governor. You know, all it does is it puts the legislature more in the driver's seat. It just puts different government dudes into the driver's seat. It doesn't at all give the power back to the people that it was, that it was taken from unconstitutionally. So again, I think my theory is, as I look from the 30,000 foot view, is that this whole COVID thing put the infrastructure in place, contact tracers and isolation facilities are just part of that. And that's like the good news is we pushed back on that and they pulled it back, but lots of other infrastructure is in place. They got laws into place. I think um, Senate Bill 195 is going to pass in Utah and our our legislators, I mean, some of them are doctors and MBAs and PhDs. These guys are falling for it. They don't see the, the big picture here and they're falling for it. And they just feel like, well, we wouldn't get something passed because there are enough people who are completely willing to go into socialism where government controls absolutely everything that we do. And then the third big category that I think we're seeing, that's the big play here, big goal of the globals, is there they're putting the mental and physical conditioning of the people in place with this whole scamdemic. And the reason is so that when they roll out the next big one, all those pieces are already in place. Makes it so much easier. 
So by mental and physical conditioning, I'm talking about masks, right? Remember what a shock it was a year ago when they told us we can't leave our house without masks. Remember how angry everyone was? Well, now there are people, some of the same people who are really mad about putting masks on. They literally don't walk out of their house without a mask in their hand. They're totally conditioned. You're conditioned now to think that the government's allowed to tell you to stay at home for months at a time. Most people have accepted that. We're conditioned, mentally conditioned, to think that we have a job and we leave the house only if the government tells us we can. Okay, so um, McDowell um, suggests to us that we read Surveillance Valley. It's on my reading list. It's a book called Surveillance Valley about the handful of billionaire white guys who own the cloud. And they are the ones driving the fact that the cloud is, in fact, surveillance. So I know that a lot of you think that they're just trying to kill us, you know, just inject us with a bunch of toxic garbage that pathogenically primes us for the next um, respiratory virus or kills us or gives us autoimmune disease. So we're weakened and we die sooner. Um, And people are dying of the COVID shots. And I'm not going to tell you that that's wrong. That may be part of their part of their agenda, but a lot of us are going to live, right? Most of us are going to live. Um, yes, I think people are starving all over the world, and that's going to get a lot worse, but they're not going to kill all of us. So what I'm talking about today is really, you know, what else they're trying to do? What are they going to do with those of us who, who survive all of this? Because the vast majority of the, the middle class, especially the upper middle class, are likely to survive this. I mean, you know, if they run right out and get two shots, two COVID shots, or if they, you know, are so bought in on Bill Gates's agenda, he's now selling a third COVID shot. Maybe they get three COVID shots. Maybe even some of the upper middle class will die. And I believe that they would love to see more of the elderly die. Um, because like I said, one of their heroes, Henry Kissinger, called people who aren't producing, called them useless eaters. So I've been totally astonished at how little people are willing or able to stand up to all this tyranny, but people will go to the mat to get food and shelter. Lots of businesses have pivoted, have scrambled really to find a way to make a living online. A lot of people will survive it. I have been impressed with people, how adaptive they are when it comes to making a living. Um, Most of us will survive it. Most businesses are still in business. So they're not just trying to kill us. Um, they're primarily, first and foremost, they're trying to get us to fly in flock formation. Okay, they're trying to control us. No different than how your kindergarten teacher made you line up and do everything in an extremely orderly way. Remember kindergarten? So the principles that they need to create for us, think about what you've seen in the last year to create flock behavior, right? So, so I live across the street from the beach now. In, in Florida. And we, John and I go out a couple times a week and we'll just sit and ground with our feet in the sand and just look at the water. Sometimes we see whales. Some, we've seen schools of dolphins, pretty cool, but we always see these flocks of birds. And I'm not sure what they are. I mean, some, I'm sure some of them are seagulls, but some of them are much bigger than that. It's just beautiful to watch. We've seen as many as 30 birds. Um, and they have three things. And this is what the globalists want from us too. They have cohesion alignment and distancing. Um, Think about like 16 birds flying in a V just barely above the surface of the ocean. We love watching them fly because they will barely, barely clear 
the surface of the water. They'll literally be inches above the surface of the water, probably because they're looking for fish, right? But they have all three of those. They have cohesion, alignment, and distancing. And right now, because of the the um, conditioning of the last year, you're doing all those things. The masking, your conversation is all about how you care for others by doing doing all of this. You're caring for others by putting on the mask. Look at how they brainwash people to believe this. How many people have you heard fall into that kind of talk? Um, and they they virtue signal with their their talk about how I care about other people, which is why I wear this mask. That was, I got to admit, pretty smart on their part. Alignment, we're all thinking and working towards the same goal. And distancing, enough said on that topic, right? You know all about the six feet apart. Now you know one of the reasons why. It's creating flock behavior. You can't have those birds piling up on each other and running into the back of each other. And why do they need to have that all set up? COVID, in my opinion, was just the front. for setting up all that infrastructure and a radical change of all of our systems in which we're governed to the extent that people would, would tolerate it. They really have pushed the very edges of what we'll tolerate, right? But then they'll bring in a second virus. And with all of that set up, and with a lot of people very pathogenically primed, full of heavy metals that will make them susceptible, all kinds of who knows what, modified RNA, viruses, bacteria, aborted fetal cell tissues, a couple dozen chemicals. There are three ingredients that are excipients in the COVID vaccines that have never been approved for use in a vaccine before. We don't know what's going to happen, but we know that every other vaccine has created massive spikes in uh, for the people who take them in um, many autoimmune diseases and in many cancers. So with that, they finish our economy off. And with the, that second virus, I believe that they create the great reset. So I'll pick up where I left off. Here with part two of this, we'll be talking about your avatar and your digital twin online. See you then. 